0: sick of being the bottleneck in your business? Well, today you can learn how to delegate like a pro so you can ditch the micromanaging and avoid becoming the boss from hell. Are you a leader trying to get more from your business and life? Me too. So join me as I document the conversations, stories, and advice to help you achieve what matters in your life. Welcome to Unbound with me, Chris Dubois. Alright, welcome to Unbound. Where today we have a longer episode because I have actually taken notes today uh, because this is a topic that is very important to me, and I wrote the guide on how to do this. And so what I've done is taken apart this guide on how you can better delegate with your teams. Uh, I've kind of deconstructed it, changed up a bit, and now we're going to talk about it in podcast form. So you can always go to leadingforeffect.com. Uh, Grab a copy of the guide there if you want, or you can listen to my sultry voice walking through uh, how you can not be an a-hole as you try to lead your team. Now, first, delegation is a critical skill that all leaders need to master. doesn't matter how big your team is. uh, If you cannot hand off a task and trust that it's going to get done and feel confident that it's actually going to be accomplished, right? You are going to struggle as a leader. Delegation allows you to get way more done by working through your team. So in this episode, we're going to break down some of the key steps for how you delegate effectively. And we're going to show you exactly how you can maximize your team's efficiency uh, by following this. So why delegate? One, because I know you're probably sick of wasting your time doing everything yourself, but you don't need to. I've heard so many leaders who just get stuck in this mode of believing that if they're not there, nothing gets done. If that's true, either your business is too complicated, which you can fix, your team really does suck, which you can fix, or you don't know how to hand off tasks. And that's actually what I'm going to help you fix right now. The delegating will free up your time so that you can focus on the big picture strategy and the goals. You're going to be able to work with your employees so that they develop new skills and they're able to take on more responsibility, which means you get to take stuff off your plate. And one of the critical pieces here is that delegation shows that you trust your team to take ownership of their important work. And now teams who just have more trust built in are going to share more ideas. They're going to be uh, less afraid of making mistakes. They are generally going to be more Cohesive as a team. These are all awesome benefits, and all it takes is you understanding how to delegate better. So, let us get into part one build competence. First, you need to assess your team's current competencies and identify gaps. You have to look at both their hard and soft skills. Now, hard skills, super easy to be able to judge, right? Because we know exactly what that skill is. And we can actually quantify it. Like we can lay this down on a map and see exactly how to get there. The soft skills, what you're actually looking at, is a series of smaller skills. If I say, "Hey, you are good at public speaking," it's not that public speaking itself is a skill. It's because you have charisma. You have you can speak clearly. Uh, it's because you understand to smile when you look at the crowd. There's a bunch of little skills that are all baked in there. That. Make you actually good at a soft skill. And so, if you break that down, then you're able to to look further at each of these pieces and you can set up a training plan. And setting that training plan is exactly what you have to do when you identify these missing skills send people to courses, get them a coach, right? Even if it's internally, find a mentor within your company to assign to them, Um, give them stretch projects, find something that is going to push their limits so that they have to get better. These become a forcing function so that they actually have to do this. One of the things I loved about the army was that you could just walk up to someone and say, hey, at you know, 1500, you're pitching a class on this weapon system. We need to know how to use it, where, where it should be employed, you know, what, how to disassemble it, reassemble it, what type of ammunition, how far can that ammo reach out? All these little details, I need you to be able to teach an entire class on it by this time, go. And that person will just go figure it out. They have, they know that this is something they have to do. And so they're going to go figure it out. They're going to learn it. And now they have that knowledge and they get to pass that knowledge to everybody else. We don't do that a lot in uh, in the business world, probably because we got other things to do um, with our time and everybody has very specific jobs. But that's something you could do by just giving someone a project that pushes their limit just a bit so that they have to share some of that knowledge with others. You know, you do these after action reviews with your team, start getting feedback from everybody, get them to... Uh, kind of work together to collect all those best ideas. Uh, next, let's see. You can set clear quality standards so the team understands your expectations. I've said this on multiple podcasts, and we say it again: the leader owns the culture, and that reason the leader owns the culture of the organization is because you decide what that standard is. You decide who gets is hired, who is fired, who gets put on performance plans. You decide all of this, and it all comes down to the standard that you want to set within that organization. So, this is really on you to set a good standard and hold people accountable to that. And so, with that, you want to also hire people with a growth mindset who want to continuously improve. If you're trying to build competence, it doesn't help if you're only hiring people who are just good at something and they're like, nah, that's all I need to do. It's like, that doesn't help anybody. We don't want to stop there. We want people to keep continuously getting better. We want to approach mastery whatever our chosen skill is and so finding those people which everyone is going to say they have growth mindsets but i have interviewed hundreds of people at this point and literally everyone tells me that they have a growth mindset but when i go look at anything they are doing to actually improve themselves i can't find anything for most of them right they say hey yeah i've had five years experience working this job but when you really look at it, it's like no they have one year of experience Five times. They're wasting their time at work by not developing their skills. Okay, next thing you can be doing to build competence is uh, evaluate the skill levels of your team during just regular one on ones. Actually, go down, talk to people, find ways to see how they're actually improving. You can set little checklists to kind of see what they're actually um, achieving as they work through some of their tasks. If you don't know, what you should be helping that individual with because they have a very specific job right now i have, i have built this myself it is very easy to go into you know chat gpt and ask it for a training plan for specific skills for a specific role for a specific person's uh current success level and just let it do the work for you it's going to tell you exactly what you need and then sit down with that team member and say hey I feel like you need to work on these things. This is where I would love you to get. Are you good with that too? Is that something that excites you? And then you take their feedback and you guys work together to build this plan. Say, hey, I have this action plan. How should we tweak it so that we can actually get you there? Okay. Uh, Doing this is going to very, very quickly increase your team's competence so that you as the leader are going to feel confident that people can actually handle the tasks that you give to them. A super easy way to remember this, just say raise the bar with bar being an acronym for build skills, assess gaps, raise standards. Keep doing those. Raise the bar, build skills, assess gaps, raise standards. Keep working on those. Get your team committed to that. You're going to see them improve dramatically. Okay, moving into number two, establishing trust. Trust is something that we need within any organization. But if you are going to delegate appropriately and with actual success, you need to be able to trust your team. Your team has to be able to trust you. Okay, so step one, you need to define your company values so you have a shared ethical code. The best teams are the ones that can say people like us do things like this. You have built up a strong culture. And everyone rallies behind that. So when someone steps outside of that culture, now we have a problem. We start losing trust because someone isn't like us. They're doing something different than what we have all committed to doing. Now, some, a way you can get ahead of this. I have said this again on multiple podcasts. And I'm going to say it again because this one is super important. If you, you can take away one thing from this section, it is this. Okay? There are two questions that everyone is constantly asking themselves. Am I safe and do I matter? If you can constantly address those two questions to make sure your team feels safe and like they matter, they are going to trust you way more than if you just try doing some of the like some of those other things where you get like a top 10 list on BuzzFeed. The the easiest way is to get your team to trust you. Yeah, those don't work. Okay, focus on am I safe? Do I matter? Answer those questions for anyone and they are going to trust you more next thing you can be doing is building predictability. A lot of this comes down to answering those two questions as well, because with predictability, we want to turn these into if then statements, right? If I am struggling with a task and I go to my leader, then they will provide me with the resources and the encouragement to get it done, right? Versus if I have a problem, then my leader is going to fire me. Right, that doesn't help anyone. You want them to be able to use these statements so that they just know what's going to happen, and you're not you're not going down and actually telling them to use these statements and saying, "Well, it's if this, then that." It's like, no, no, no. You're just trying to get that concept built in, so that anytime a certain event happens, everyone kind of understands what the next action is going to be. Right? If you give a mouse a cookie, uh, although. Listen, I got two daughters. We've read a lot of those books. They don't follow the same format. So anyways, um, next, give your team gradual authority over their decisions and resources. So you want to start small, then you want to build up. And this really comes down to what size of mistake are you willing to accept? So if you have a brand new team member, so let's talk uh, like your operations team, right? You give them a task and a newer team member you might say, hey, I am letting you make decisions that could impact the company up to okay, $500. If, if you're like really wondering if you should come talk to someone, okay, just do a quick assessment. If the damage will be less than $500, make the decision. We're going to learn some lessons. If it's over that, come talk to me so we can make sure we're making the right decisions. We have sound judgment. We're doing all the things. Right? Now, as that team member continuously improves, you say, hey, you've shown that Five, you make these $500 decisions like nothing, right? Let's move up to 5,000. And now they only have to come talk to you at 5,000. And then same, when you get them up to like 50,000 and you can choose whatever price ranges you want for this. But the idea is that as team members get more experience, right, you're accepting lar- willing to accept larger mistakes because they have shown you that they deserve that level of, of trust. And now for that individual, if you want to say, do I matter? right? Or am I safe? And do I matter? They are going to feel amazing if they know they can make a $50,000 decision. And even if they screw up, as long as they, it wasn't deliberate, right? Or just like some blatant negligence, that they're, they're still going to be protected. And you're going to take that lesson. You're going to teach a team. Everybody's going to move on from there. Like That can go a long way in actually building trust within the organization uh next put the team in challenging situations together try to get them to build trust through shared experiences again another reason the army uh well really any any military program does really well is because you end up suffering together you're going through all these very uncomfortable times having to do things that you wouldn't do anywhere else in life and so you start this bond between people where like I still have guys from basic training when I went in 2008 That I'm still connected to, and I chat with, and the the uh, group that I was with when I was a platoon leader, like we still have a text thread, you know, and that was 12 years ago now. And so, like you really build these relationships through shared experiences, and those generally are are more uh, concrete and like they're going to stick a lot more when it was a rough situation or something that you actually had to push. And so, if you can find challenging situations that aren't aren't going to hurt anyone, right? Let's, let's be clear. We don't want to put anyone in a dangerous situation, uh, but working on some project that has a tight deadline and they actually have to think through it and it's going to be a, a tight crunch to make it happen. Uh, maybe it's just a, a bigger deal that you're, you're working through. Find something that makes this a little, a little harder so that the team actually has to work together. Um, establishing trust next admit when you make a mistake, so that the team can see your human side. This one is hard for a lot of leaders cuz we get ego attached to everything. But your team is going to appreciate you way more if you can show up and say, "Hey, I screwed up on this. Here's what I'm doing. Let's keep going." Because they know that if they make a mistake and they take ownership, right? They're good. They you unless there's something that like they completely went against something in your handbook, right? you're going to treat them the same way you kind of let them treat you. It's like, Hey guys, I made a mistake. It's okay. I learned from it. We're all going to get better. Let's uh, let's get after it. And now when they do it, treat it the same way. And everybody's going to get a little more comfortable knowing that if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. They're not just going to get fired and kicked out and you're going to find your team uh, doesn't actually make more mistakes, but they do start taking more chances and doing better work. Um, Next, giving praise goes a long way. No one has ever been hurt from a pat on the back. So give more praise as much as you can. Make sure like you as the leader accept responsibility that you pass the praise. So if things fail, it's your fault. If things are going great, it's your team's fault. And you want to make sure to lean into that. And it's super hard for some people, right? You need to be humble and you need to know that your team is going to appreciate you and they're going to look up to you. When you're doing these things and passing the praise to them and only accepting those failures, like people know you were still the one leading them. You're just not getting that immediate praise. But I strongly encourage you to make sure you're praising the team before you start accepting that for yourself. Okay, if you are liking this content so far, go check out the actual guide on leadingforeffect.com. You just got to join the newsletter, we'll send it out to you. All it takes is your email so I know where to actually send the newsletter. It's all automated. It's not actually me sending it. But you can get the guide that way. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, Okay, number three, we need to create understanding. If the team and you don't have alignment around an understanding over what actually needs to be accomplished, nothing is going to get accomplished. So step one, we want to be transparent about company goals and priorities. We need everyone to know what is actually important so that everyone can make decisions around those important pieces. If one department says one thing, another department says another, and they just go on their own paths, right? Neither of those may actually be what the company needs in the moment, which is why it's really important to keep everyone aligned, get rid of those silos, start actually bringing teams together, talking, and just making sure it's... it's truly apparent to everyone in the company, what your goals are, what your priorities are. Now, you want to promote team collaboration as much as possible. And the primary reason for this under the create understanding piece is that you're getting multiple perspectives. And you're getting the information from different departments, right? Someone from sales is going to look at a problem differently than someone from marketing, who's going to look at it differently than someone from your service section, from your operations section. And so the more people that you can bring to the table when working on something, the more holistic of a picture you're going to be able to paint. You're actually going to be able to come up with some pretty unique solutions to your problems. But you need everyone to be able to show up and say, oh, what about this? What about that? Have you guys considered that? And that becomes much easier when you have people coming in from different backgrounds, different thought patterns. Next, you want to clearly explain the intent behind each of your delegated tasks. Now, we're going to talk a little later on task and purpose, but everything needs an intent. So with this, you're you're almost giving like parameters that show like what path someone needs to take in order to just get towards that ultimate goal. Right. The intent is like the the whole reason we're even considering doing this is because of X, y and Z. So now everyone knows, okay X, y and Z are those important things for the company and it, because of this, right if we if we can close uh, three of these major accounts within the next month, it's going to set us up from a revenue perspective to do this. it's going to give us a reputation boost for marketing to be able to do this. right Our service team is now maybe they were light on work now they're going to be full up and able to train team members on how to do certain things that they may not have had opportunities to do. There's all of these different things are happening because of that one piece. And so we really want to make sure we nail the intent here when creating an understanding. Now, this one gets harder. You want to clarify decision-making authority for each role. You can delegate authority. You cannot delegate responsibility. The leader will always assume responsibility for everything the team does or fails to do. But you can give the authority for others to make those decisions. Now, this is where we're starting to get into that like root of delegation where it becomes super powerful for a team. If you can give authority to people for decisions and you trust that they are going to uh, do these because they are competent at their skills. Then you can back off on a lot of things and these people will just bring you problems. And hopefully they're bringing it in a way that's just like, hey, are you cool with this? Because they're bringing you that solution as well. But by giving them decision-making authority for each of these roles, you're now taking a ton off your plate and allowing the people who specialize and are experts in a given area the ability to make decisions for that. This is something that must be mastered if you want to get good at delegation. Um, next. All right, we, we talked about how we're bringing in all of these different perspectives, trying to get people uh, to share some of their perspectives and everything. You want to encourage debate across these viewpoints. You, this has to be healthy debate. You're not trying to get fistfights over in the conference room, right? But you do want people to actually challenge the ideas of others to know that they're not just letting someone who they've, this guy has done it before, Um, Like he's, you know, he's seen this, or maybe he just has a strong personality, and he's going to keep pushing his ideas. Now we want the best idea, and for that to happen, everyone at the table needs a voice. So by encouraging debate, it gives an opportunity for everyone to throw in their thoughts, and for us to find the best ideas. Uh, Next, you need to check for comprehension of your team. So having things like uh, like a back. Right? You can call them different things. In the, the Army, we called them back briefs where we'd, we'd give an order. Right? we talk through an entire plan. That person would go off. They would give uh, some initial instructions to their team so they could start. And then they would come back to whoever their leader was and say, hey, this is what I heard. And then they would provide everything back. And if there was any chance, anything w- wasn't clear, they would address it right there. And usually when they came back and also like, re-explained it, during that back brief, they would have their own questions. They would have taken time to actually think through things. And so they come back and request more information from their leader and they could say, Hey, you know, plan sounds great. I think we're on the same page because we saw this, 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 and they walk through the entire plan. And they say, but you know, there's a mountain range over here. What are we doing about this? And so the, it brings more uh, to your planning process for these, these people to actually go off and just think about it alone or think about it with their teams and then and provide that back brief. So, All awesome ways that you can create just this shared understanding across your organization. Okay, section four. We are going to exercise initiative. Now, the first piece here uh, that kind of explains everything else, I want to talk about Kruelock's law. Uh, General Kruelock was a Marine Corps general. Uh, Any Marines who are listening to this just got super excited and like fist pumping in the air because I mentioned a Marine. Uh, You could stop that, go sit down, eat your crayons, do whatever it is you do. Uh, General Krulak came up with the idea of the strategic corporal. The idea is that we give power to the individuals on the front line because that is where the information is at. You pass decision-making authority to where the information lies. So there's way less of a lag between making a decision and actually taking action. Right. So imagine you are a this strategic corporal on the front lines of of battle. You're seeing the battle unfold in real time. You see a couple different things. And so you report it up to higher who then reports it up to their higher unit, to their higher unit. And then it gets all the way up to the generals who get to decide what they want to do. They make a decision. They're going to pass it all the way down, down, down to each subordinate command. until it gets back to that corporal. And by the time it gets there. The environment has changed. And now that corporal has to collect new information, send it up, who's going back up the chain, back down the chain, and it's changed again. We cannot, in a, where speed is security in today's businesses, like the awesome competitive advantage is how fast you can move against your competition. And if you are treating your organization like that, where you at the top have to be the one making every decision, you are going to fail. And so it is really important that we we use this opportunity to identify the strategic corporals, the individuals within our companies who are on the front lines, talking to people, collecting that information so that we can give them the authority to make these decisions. And we want now this isn't just about the decision making authority, but it's about exercising the initiative so that they want to take action. Right. It's not just about saying, oh, I have a. Uh, An obligation to make a decision here. It's like it's no. They understand everything we talked about before, right? They they have a full understanding of the picture. They have trust with you. You trust them. They're competent in their skills, and so they can say, "I'm going to do X right now because I know when we talked about your intent for the mission, this still meets all of the intent, right? Everything that you said needs to happen is still going to happen, but I'm going to take action now." Because I don't want to wait, I want to seize this opportunity. Okay, so number two, in order to make this happen, as we are trying to exercise initiative, we need to set clear limiting parameters so that our team has direction, but they have room for creativity. So we want to put up guardrails. We could go very deep into enabling constraints versus governing constraints, um, but very briefly, a governing constraint. Or like lines on a road, right? If everybody follows those lines, we stay on you know our side of the yellow line. We stay between the white ones. Everyone's going to be safer. We're all going to get to destinations faster. That is a governing constraint. A enabling constraint is one that fosters creativity. So say you're uh, just an example. You're doing you're painting, right? And you say I need to be able to paint this entire forest without using any color green right now you have to think very creatively in order to make this happen you're going to come up with some great ideas you're going to probably develop some skills as well that will help you on future paintings when you maybe even when you can use green you can say oh but i know another way i can get around this right and so we don't want to stifle the team we actually want to foster creativity and now with with our business we don't necessarily want to cut off uh, opportunities or ways that our team can can operate, just for the sake of of creating something, but we want to we want to make sure those parameters that we set are going to keep them on track as those those lines on the road, right? If they follow these, they will eventually get there. It could be slower uh, because we maybe we don't want them drifting off the road or into a different lane to pass people, uh, but. We want those we want those parameters to make sure that we know they're going to get to the destination and that they can still think and work within those rules in order to get the best result that they foresee. Okay. next, in order to make this happen, you need to praise the people who are proactively taking on responsibility. Very few people are going to look at a problem and say, I've got this. Let me take it on. When you can find those people within your organizations, those are the people that you need to start promoting. Those are the people who are going to go above and beyond to make sure that your company is successful. Find them, praise them publicly, make sure everyone knows that is a type of behavior that you appreciate. Give them bonuses, do things to make them feel appreciated because you do not want to lose those team members. Hey, now Something else that you can be doing here is coaching employees through the initial steps at new tasks. So when you have something brand new that no one else has done, right? There are tons of different ways you can approach this, but I would recommend you show them what done looks like. And if you don't have an actual example, you paint the picture for them. You say this is what we we need. This is what we do not need. And you just walk through it. Right? If you're making a web page. For, uh, for a client, so that's what your company does, right? You're going to show them examples of web pages that are really good and what you're aiming for. And, and you're probably gonna show them a handful that are not very good and the things you want them to avoid. You're gonna give them whatever process is and then someone's gonna be there to say, hey, make sure you're doing these things. You know, I might give you a checklist, but I'm still gonna talk to you to make sure you understand why we're doing stuff. Because once you get these initial attempts down, that team member moves much faster. Okay, now once this is going, you want to start with low risk opportunities for independent work. So earlier we talked about being able to, to um, balance the the value of mistakes with the team members' competency. And so the more competent they are, maybe the bigger the mistake you're willing to accept because you know, right? They're competent. They're able to uh, to handle this. And so the reason you're able to say hey, you can do a $50,000 mistake now. It's because you know that they're going to do everything correctly up through $50,000. And so, so you just don't have to worry about it as much. But now when you get a brand new individual, you want to get them up to speed as fast as possible without overwhelming them and without just accepting tons of risk. And so you can do this by just picking low risk opportunities and thrusting them into that environment, letting them make those small mistakes, right? But letting them start taking initiative to resolve these things, knowing that worst case scenario, you have a very, very small risk, um, that, you know, some consequence that happens, and it's not a big deal for you for that individual who hasn't made any mistakes within your company at this point, right? So you can't trust them to make these massive $50,000 mistakes. Um, they're going to be able to, to start learning really fast because you have raised the stakes on them. And so that is a critical competency that you need to start building here if you're going to exercise initiative. And if you need a, like a saying to further just remember how to exercise initiative and make sure your team is doing this, think of it like this. You will let them choose the colors, but you suggest the palette. All right, last section, section five, provide task and purpose. Now, to start, we need to ensure that every delegated task has a clear purpose, not just a checklist of steps. The purpose is the most important thing. You always need a task to go along with that purpose. But if you don't have a clear purpose that actually matters, you're going to fail. Story that I like using, or an example I like using, if if I Get to the top of a hill, and I'm there to provide overwatch for another, like one of my sister units who's walking through a valley. Right. So it's really important that I can see them so that I can make sure no bad guys are sneaking up on them or doing anything. But if I get to the top of that hill and now I just can't see because there are trees in the way, maybe there's something else obstructing my view. Right. I can call all the way back up to higher, going back to Crewlax law. Right. I can call all the way back up and say, Hey, what should I do? Or, because I know the purpose is for me to provide Overwatch to help my help this unit, you know, facilitate uh, their movement. I could just go find another hill that's nearby, so that I can take that hill. I can make sure I got my purpose, and I can be letting someone know the entire time, hey, uh, we don't have view here. I'm moving to this hill. Hey, I'm on this hill. We got a good view. We're set in place. Make sure you update the maps. And now, now I've done everything by sending this up and just quickly taking action. But because that purpose was so clear, I didn't need to wait. No one in the company had to wait for me you know, to make these decisions, make it happen. I kept everybody in the loop so everybody knows what's going on. But we were able to just take quick action and still get the mission accomplished. And in a company, you know, there's so many different examples you can use. But, but that's really what you're trying to do. You want your team to be able to, to say, oh, I know we need to clean out the CRM. Right? And so, why does it matter if I export as a CSV file or I go through, uh, you know, one of these tools? Like, probably doesn't matter. So, hey, this is what I'm doing. We're going to make it happen, and you just execute. They didn't have to go all the way up to the CEO of the company to ask that question, right? That's why so many of you feel like you're you're getting bogged down and stuck spending time trying to answer questions because someone will ask you that question. Um, one of the this. I don't like that this happens, but this is the perfect example where I'll be lying in bed at night and my five-year-old daughter will show up and stand next to me and she'll say, dad, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, you walked by two bathrooms to get here. Why couldn't you have just stopped at one of those? But now look in your company. How many of you are letting your team do that to you where they're walking up and saying, hey, I need to do this. What do you what do you think? and then you're fostering that by enabling them by letting them actually actually do it. Okay? We want to set that clear task and purpose. We want to exercise initiative, we want to create understanding and then establish trust and build the competence so that that situation doesn't happen that they will they will just take action on their own because they know that's what needs to happen for the company to be successful. Now When you're giving task and purpose, you need to give enough detail so that they know where to start, but they have room to adapt. That's really where the task comes in, right? I can give you a purpose of of doing one thing. And then the the task is like this guide that's kind of saying, hey, I would really like it if you did it this way, uh, because based on experience, based on the other things we have going on, this is what makes the most sense. And so ideally, they're going to follow that. They're going to adhere to the task and purpose. But if something happens where you know, shit hits a the fan, then they can just focus on the purpose and make sure that remains intact. Uh, you want to align all of your tasks and purposes around the, uh, the employees' strengths and their interests. If you can, one, the strengths because... That's the training aspect of this, right? I can always train someone to be better at a certain skill. Um, And so we can make that happen. If someone already is great at that, then we're going to lean into that. We're going to use that strength so that we can make it happen faster. Interests are a lot harder. It is hard to motivate someone to be interested in something, to want to do some work. And so if you can find a task that someone is strong in and they're interested in, that is a task that they need to be working on because it is going to get done not just faster, but way better than what anyone else in the company could provide. Um, next, with task and purpose, you need to explain how the work fits into bigger picture goals. So it could be someone who's doing a, a task at a very low level of your company. And now they need to see how their piece of the puzzle fits in with the next level above them so that they can see that contribution. They understand what they're doing. And by knowing what that next bigger picture is, they understand why they can't just change the shape of their, their puzzle piece, right? Because it has to fit into that bigger puzzle. And so they can make decisions that are way more sound. Um, Same for, you know, decisions going up from there, up from there until it gets all the way up to this entire company puzzle that we're trying to resolve. Uh, And then, Finally, with tasking purpose, we want to check in frequently as tasks are, are getting underway. So keep keep going up. Hey, how are things going? Situation reports, right? Just give me a give me a quick like five W's. How's everything looking? That will go a long way in making sure that everybody's on track and people are actually thinking about uh, whatever they're doing within their um, their assigned responsibility. OK, so that is it. That is like a one on one course for delegation. So, going back through, 1, you will build competence, 2, establish trust, 3, create understanding, 4, exercise initiative, and then 5, provide a task and purpose. By following these steps, you will transform your delegation skills, I promise. If you actually go through everything I told you, you will get better at delegation. This will mean your team is going to be more empowered your business is going to thrive, you are going to get so much time back in your schedule. So you are going to be able to actually work on your business instead of in it. You're going to be able to make some awesome strategic decisions rather than being stuck in the day-to-day, just forcing that grind because you don't trust that everyone can actually do the jobs you hire them for. Now, pick one of these. Start there. Go all in, just pick one area that you can apply all of your attention to and make it happen because you are going to see growth very fast and you might realize as soon as you start on one what the actual next best step um, would be. Well, it does help to do these in order, right? Because if your team isn't competent, then you shouldn't be trying to give them uh, missions to go out on their own and practice exercising their initiative, right? Should go without saying, but there you have it. Pick one, make it happen. Okay. Again, you can download this guide from leadingforeffect.com. Just go check it out, scroll down the page, provide your email, and we will get it sent right out to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like the longer format, please let me know. Leave a rating and review. And uh, until next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. For more information on how to build effective and efficient teams through your leadership, visit leadingforeffect.com. As always, deserve it.